You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello and welcome back to the Oz Network for a brand new season of RuPaul's Drag Race coverage. You know, we can't get enough of RuPaul's Drag Race here on the Oz Network. Like, we haven't even taken a week off because the show hasn't even taken a week off. As always, I'm Rossi and it's time for dinner! Uh, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Colin Hilding. Colin, welcome back. Thank you. Um, onk, onk. That's all I really have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're dying to talk about all these people you probably don't recognize. Uh, I'm trying so hard this season, um, this episode <laughs> slash season. Uh, I'm, I'm more impressed than I was with All-Stars. That's all I'll say. I, I, I have a vague recollection of at least half these people. I feel like we just got through All Stars, and you finally realize, okay, that's Trixie, that's yes, Angela, and then you're like, all these new people. Yeah, it took till episode six, and now they're just hitting me with this all new cast all over again. It's going to be a struggle. But Colin and I, we're not alone tonight. We're teaming up with another podcast to talk about this action packed season, since there's so much to go through. Colin and I can't do it alone. We are joined by Kylan Bryan from the Two Boys Talks of Our Podcast. Gentlemen, welcome. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. Um, we are so happy to be here. We we don't even care if you slap us across the face. We're just happy for the airtime. <laughs> and I auditioned for Pit Crew, but this will be much more fun. <laughs> um, so I guess before we dive into the episode, I guess we want to get familiar, since everyone's familiar with how Colin and I started on this show, we'll kind of get a sense of how you start on the show. Have you always watch drug race day one fans like what's the history there for you guys this has gone from like zero to hero watches i suppose last year start of last year neither of us had seen any of it um so this is kyle speaking by the way if you can tell us apart um <laughs> i was hesitant to start watching it because i thought i would love it and i was right so as soon as i started i had to go from season one all the way through i've watched seasons five to nine twice Twice. This is all in the space of a year. <laughs> so that's where I'm at with uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, I, I started watching it with a friend. Um, and then I, I just remember at one point, uh, me, this friend, and Kyle went to breakfast. And we were quoting it. And then Kyle got like super jealous that he was being left out. And then apparently watched both seasons twice. Yeah. Uh, all seasons <laughs> twice. Um, but like we're we're mega fans of the show. Like we we often make references on um, like when we podcast about Survivor that like if we would ever do another <laughs> podcast that we would do RuPaul. Yeah. And here we are. Are you have have you at all watched the Thailand version that is so new to the world? <laughs> no, I RuPaul? haven't seen. It. No, no, I have not. <laughs> not dedicated fans. Yeah. <laughs> well, just watch. Next time uh, you uh, hear from us, Carla, have watched it twice. Yes. <laughs> have you? Were you familiar with a lot about drag before you watched Drag Race, or is it Drag Race that started your drag interest? Not interest, but kind of your intrigue, I guess. Like, definitely have seen drag performances before, um, but watching Drag Race has elevated my appreciation of the art of drag. Yeah, like familiar in that you'll find me at front row at a gay bar with a vodka and coke in my hand going, yes, <laughs> that, that's about it. <laughs> now you know the work that goes into it. Yeah. Different prep for this in Survivor. 
And I guess one last thing before we get started, do you want to, since it's so fresh on the mind, do you want to share any thoughts you may have about All-Stars 3 that you want to get out? Any robbed, you know, predictions or anything like that? <laughs> that sounds like a leading question. <laughs> what are you asking me to say? Uh, I think it's been, I think, to be honest, it's been pretty covered by everybody else. We had similar, similar feels. Um, I, I think, uh, I I'm just like left hating it for Trixie. I feel so bad for her because I feel like everyone's emphasizing how Shangela was robbed when Trixie was also good. I don't know. Yeah, like I'm a fan of Trixie, but I feel like the win just has this like shadow over it, um, which is unfortunate. So I think maybe the format, I'd like to see them do something different if there's another All-Stars to come. Um, maybe not leaving it in the hands of the others. But it does create television moments that is, you know, exciting and it has everyone talking about it. So, Yeah. I guess we're all caught up now. Colin, do you have any final thoughts to share about your long history of knowing Drag Race? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> like we covered on the last season, I started watching the show because we were doing our random episode rewatches and you weren't even hosting uh, yet on the Oz Network. You just threw it out there. Hey, you guys got to cover you know, RuPaul's Drag Race this episode. And then I said, well, you had said you wanted to come on the show. So we watched it and then somehow you talked me into doing All Stars and I started it as the novice and ended as the voice of drag queens everywhere. So I'm the expert now, and I, I hope to maintain my title here, uh, at least knowing that it is possible to uh, be like a diehard fan of the show. As I don't know, Rossi, you may be the longest running fan here. Is the only one who's watched it for over a year. <laughs> yeah. Yes. My, maybe because I've watched it a little bit before a year. Um, <laughs> Makes me the most knowledgeable, obviously. Um, so I guess we get on to season 10. 10, 10, 10 across the board. Uh, and boy, there are a lot of people to get through. Um, yeah. Some more interesting than others. But, and obviously we're first greeted by the, the brand new workroom, which was really gross, I want to say. <laughs> a little vain because more RuPaul posters, but... Uh-huh. I guess that's when your name is the show. I yeah. guess you can have your pictures everywhere. Um, and we're obviously first greeted by Eureka. And then I guess we'll go in a little bit of clunk, clumps. We have Eureka entering as the Phoenix from last season. Then we have Asia from Texas. And then obviously the loudest of the three, Ms. Cracker, coming in. Uh, and I just wanted to put it out there that as... I'm coming in knowing who Miss Cracker is. Like I'm super excited to see this season just because Miss Cracker or I knew of before Drag Race and now I'm excited to see performance on Drag Race. Uh Colin, what are your kind of general thoughts on these three? If you have any thoughts on these three. Uh all right, so I wrote them down as they entered here, so I wouldn't forget. Um Eureka, all I get is Eureka's the returning now. Which season was this from? Was this the most recent season? From nine, yeah. And how many episodes in was it the Eureka, you know, had this injury? It happened on episode one. I don't remember the, like, four or five. No, episode two, it happened. Four or five elimination, I want to say. Okay. So, I mean, at least somebody who is around as long as most of the people on All Stars. But I'm I'm guessing this is just kind of, it was outside of your control. So, we're going to give you this freebie and throw you back in the season. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Uh, I mean, as far as... Probably the most justified out of any kind of person that's come back. Mm-hmm. Right. 
you know, immediately through non-All-Stars conditions. Um, I'd love to say more about Asia O'Hara, uh, except when I started taking my notes, it just moved so quickly and I couldn't come up with anything. So um, <laughs> Asia is one of the ones that I'm going to struggle to remember who it was on this episode. But uh, you remember Rossi at the beginning of All-Stars when I had never really watched this show before and Trixie came out and I'm like, I'm going to remember Trixie. That's the same reaction I had to Ms. Cracker. A, the name is hilarious. And then B is just, it's clearly such a unique character. And even just, I love the, the branding of the Harlem Jewish princess and everything. Uh, so Ms. Cracker is like instantly one of my favorites on this show, just because there's a completely unique personality there. Not that it's at all similar to Trixie, but it's just similar to the reaction I had to Trixie where I'm like, there's something memorable about this character and I'm going to know who this is week from week. I'm not going to struggle. And what about you guys? Do you what are your takes on these three? And do you know what Harlem is? <laughs> um, on on these three, we've got uh, Eureka, who I thought has a good advantage coming into this, having been through the journey somewhat before. So getting a bit of feedback from the public and knowing how to take that and have a better run this time around. But I think there's also a lot of pressure on her. So. I'm not sure she's up against some big competition. I've I've kind of got her in the middle of, of my list for this season. And she she was my winner pick in season nine. Um, so I I thought I would stick to my guns and have her as my winner pick for season ten. But I don't know. I was a little bit put off by the by the entrance. So uh, I wasn't I wasn't too sure. Yeah. Uh, with Asia O'Hara, I I'm I'm big on her. I think she seems calm, cool, collected came across very confident and talked about being versatile, being able to create something from scratch. So I think she's going to do well. She doesn't seem to be uh, affected by maybe the pressure of the competition. So hopefully she does well. Um, and Miss Cracker, I think, looks hilarious. So I'm excited to see what she does. It's as well. so interesting hearing all of you talk about how much you love Miss Cracker because <laughs> Like, Kyle was in the room with me when I watched episode one. I I was not sold on Miss Cracker or Aquaria at all. Like, I I was not a fan. I will say that by the end of the episode, I'm much higher on Miss Cracker than I am at this point. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything on Asia? I, I like her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty bland episode for some of these people. I will say that Untucked gave a little bit of a better glimpse mm. on some of them, but we'll get to that. Uh, the next clumping, what is Yu Hua? Uh, <laughs> that's going to be enough, a tough one. <laughs> uh, Blair St. Clair and uh, Bob the Drag Queen. Uh, sorry, Monet <laughs> um, yeah. Carbon copy. Like, you cannot tell, like, bald head, everything, at least. I know who they are, unlike Yuha, who can't tell these people apart. Um, my only comment was that Yuha looks... I was like, is that a woman? Like, in that confessional, oh, yeah. I was like, what? I was so confused, because I was like, oh, is there, like, like another peppermint this season? And then it was just like, no. It was just... It was so confusing. I was... Like, I thought that they had put a stand-in or something. It was completely ridiculous. I just... And I also loved the scene that we got about Ms. Cracker thinking Yuha is uh, Japanese with Hamasaki. And she's like, you're not a real woman either. Yeah. <laughs> it was just perfect. <laughs> uh, Colin, take it away. Uh, yeah, I mean, there were so many different 
Yuhua jokes throughout this episode. Like, I have a feeling that name is just going to become the brand itself. Uh, what was the part where it was, uh, you, you a ho and, uh, Yuha, isn't that, that truck that moves you from state to state? Um, that, of this group, that would probably be the one that stood out to me the most. Um, although I did put, put like on my, um, I guess rankings or winners boot list or whatever, I put Monet quite high just because, I don't know, I was kind of getting like this competitive Shangela vibe from money and um obviously in this episode we see you know there's there's something there but uh, I don't I don't know if the character was as memorable as some of these other ones and then what's the third one that I've already forgotten the name of uh Blair Blair yeah. no Blair Blair was actually really good cuz what I like about Blair is that it's it's kind of this retro character like the the look she had throughout all these uh uh different challenges and everything it always kind of looked like this glamorous 1960s you know early 1960s bond girl or 1960s uh glamorous housewife or something like that and it was just i don't know there's something kind of very stiff and stern about her character that again just feels different and those are the ones that are going to stand out to me throughout these episodes with um uh bless saint Clair, when i first saw her i thought she looks like emma stone Maybe a little bit like Heather Graham in uh, Austin Powers. Oh yeah, like she, I think she like like can present as a very pretty young lady. Um, I was surprised by her uh, before episode one. I was like, um, you know, she's young. Maybe she'll struggle a bit, but like she really pulled it out in the first episode. So I hope she goes far with it. Yeah, I agree. I'm also like just smitten because I think she's adorable as a boy. <laughs> um, but also, like, I mean, we'll get there. But like, her runway look I, was like one of the best. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'm way higher on Blair Saint Clair after episode one than I was going into the season. Uh, I thought the same thing with Monet Exchange. Right from the Meet the Queens, I was like, oh, Bob's back. <laughs> and it's this. It's just so many things, like the drag aesthetic. Um, the comedy, like she's quite loud and entertaining, like can command a room. The more I saw of her, the more I was drawing that comparison. And I have her high on my list, but I had to draw mm-hmm. from being a winner pick because I was like, it's just too much like Bob. Surely we can't have the same type of drag win again. But I mean, maybe that's not fair on Monet and she'll prove us that mm-hmm. she's got something different. Um, and with you, her, I thought she was wacky and awkward i watched the interviews they did with sasha pre-season and hers was the most awkward to watch and i wasn't confident with how she would do but seeing the episode she actually comes across all right like her awkwardness is endearing yeah i don't i don't know why i'm not such a fan of yuha um like i think she's early to middle season boot Mm -hmm. um uh me and kyle have never had the same winner pick for survivor um, and we both had the same winner pick for this one, which was Monet, but we both dropped her for the exact same reason. We, yeah. we both were like, no, 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 we can't because she's too close to Bob. Um, but like, I think she'll do really well. Um, and in her preseason stuff and her walk-in, she was awesome. Yeah. And she was giving confessionals for days this episode. Mm. She's telling the story. I think the one issue you have with some of these preseason things, like I feel like Survivor is the same issue, is that you see the camera when you're doing these things. So you're conscious of what, what you say. So I think people are more likely to be awkward and uncomfortable because you just got a camera and some person talking to you. Versus when you're on these shows, people say, oh, yeah, like day two of Survivor, I forgot the cameras were there. 
Yeah, so yeah. I feel like that's True. happening with Yuha. Like the second they walk in, it's like cameras aren't there. It's just, you know, performance, just kind of energy. Yeah. And I loved all of Yuha's shady moments of especially like you could break your knee again, Eureka. <laughs> and yeah, all yeah, that was good. I think Yuha gave the most kind of difference in personality from you know any sort of preseason stuff that we saw versus now yeah um and then the next group we have cameron the pit crew uh reject <laughs> uh mayhem which is probably a, for those who don't know who has probably the biggest reputation coming in even i would say outside of eureka out of all the people coming in as in probably should have been on seasons ago but for some reason just got cast aside and the kim kardashian wannabe came in calorie carbdashian williams mm-hmm. who i don't have anything to say on right now um <laughs> I, i'm sure that calorie will come up later but i'm just gonna yep. leave it at that <laughs> right um well i'll have a lot to say on calorie because i thought the calorie was a, was a <laughs> hilarious character but i mean We'll probably talk more on the end of the episode. I think the introduction to Calorie was just amazing. And again, kind of like I had with Trixie last season, uh, just immediately stood out as a character. Uh, it's very unique. The name itself is amazing. Like Calorie, what is it? Carb-Dashian, Carb-Dashian Williams. <laughs> it's, a, it's a mouthful, but, uh, Obviously, the best moments were in the beginning of the episode. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't as happy with my um, bootless pick of calorie once it got near the end of the episode. Because, Rossi, you know, I, I didn't do any preseason stuff with this. Uh, I watched the first 10 minutes of the episode and then made my bootless. And let's just say calorie's a little bit higher than I think I'd like to admit <laughs> after seeing the rest of the episode. Um, Cameron... Uh, I don't know. Cameron is just kind of the introduction of Cameron is like this, this muscle dude. Uh, there was one line, like tuck it back and throw in some pads. I'm like, I thought that stuff was funny. And Cameron kind of falls in this category of characters that I'd rather watch outside of their drag because I, again, had no clue who Cameron was when Cameron was in costume or whatever. And there's one other character on here that I actually really liked for the same reason, which you know we'll talk about uh, in a little bit later, but I just felt like I'd rather watch Cameron do confessionals and I'd rather watch Cameron as a character as himself than actually the character he's trying to play. It's kind of a little bit more interesting that way. And then Mayhem, I mean, I don't know anything about this um, reputation you talk about. Uh, I just found this interesting in, in comparison to like Survivor and other things that this is kind of the super fan, I guess. Mayhem was saying what, that he applied every single year to be on the show and this is the first time he's gotten on. Uh, the only thing I really say is that Mayhem kind of struck me similar to some of the complaints I had about Shangel last season. It's not that there's anything wrong with Mayhem's performance or there's anything wrong with Shangel's performance. It's just, it feels like Mayhem is trying more to be a very uh, accurate representation of a diva and not necessarily uh, bringing any of the humor into it. Yeah. With, with Mayhem, I feel like she's, uh, it, it feels like she thinks that she should already have a crown or that she is like so deserving that it maybe 
Like she might be a bit desperate for it because she feels like she uh, is entitled to it. I don't know. Um, Saying but, that, she's looked good every single time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I just wonder if that's maybe going to be a lot of pressure on her, that it means so much to her. Whereas some of the others, I guess they, you know, might, might be happier just sort of like getting as far as they can. For her, like, it seems she wants that title. Um, but, I mean, she seems to be getting a good edit. So mm-hmm. I think she'll do really well. Um, with Cameron, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I, th- I feel like Cameron will be there for a while. It's a unique queen to have in there, to have the muscle queen. And I think that'll be interesting somewhat. But I don't know if it's going to translate to, you know, is she a good performer? Well, she did the splits. Mm. That was impressive. Like, when you're that muscly and you can do the splits, like, you're doing something right. I think it's funny having Cameron on after All-Star Season 3 because she looks like milk <laughs> in the promo shots when she had that big suit on. Um, and Cameron's middle of the pack for me. Yeah, likewise. Uh, and then uh, Calorie, I have right down the very bottom. She was my first boot prediction. Um, I, <laughs> Polar yeah, opposite just, of mine. <laughs> I'll yeah. give it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I just didn't get much from her. And like I I've never watched anything to do with Kardashians. It's not something that I follow. So straight away I was like, that's you. You've picked something very specific to associate yourself with. So that's going to be polarizing for fans. Um, and it's the Derek Berry effect, right? Like, can she do something other than, like, a Kardashian-like yeah. thing? And all the humor seems to be like, I might have a new crush with a K. Like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, we're just going to make everything a K? Like, is that, is that the joke? And if so, like, I, there wasn't much for me there. So, yeah. Uh Look, sorry, Colin. She's close to the bottom of my <laughs> list as well. <laughs> she's not the bottom, though. Yeah. She's not the I've lost my title uh, as the voice of drag queens. <laughs> I'm no longer respectable <laughs> in the community. <laughs> you used to know what was going on. <laughs> I mean, prove us wrong, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. When Calorie's being crowned, we'll, we'll cut back to this podcast. <laughs> this will be the flashback on the year-end best of episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll rebrand you, Colin with a K. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Is uh, is it? Uh, there's more. Three more, yeah. Three more. Yeah, a few more. Yeah. A few more. Oh, I didn't know if you had anything. Oh no, 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 were... nothing, nothing else. Oh, nothing else to say. Nothing else on Calorie. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think we have more than three more. Five? So, oh, whatever. I'll, yeah. yeah, we have four more, I think. And I'll okay. just get them all in one swoop. One, two, three. No, five. We'll do two more groups. Um, so the next group we have is Moni Cart coming in extra fiery with some sort of pre-planned verse. Uh, and yes, there was a hem everywhere. I too was impressed. Um <laughs> And then we have Dusty Ray Bottoms, another New York person, which probably does not wear any weight on the two non-Americans, four, three non-Americans in front of me. Um, but it's apparently a big deal. And then we get the vixen who's ready to fight. And if you watched Untucked, you would 100% agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just thought, okay, we have to talk about the best moment of the entire episode, in my opinion, is when... Monique is at the table trying to introduce, you know, get familiar with everyone. And they and they turn to Miss Cracker. What's your name? Cracker. And then the face Monique <laughs> makes. Yes. That was the funniest thing. And then Adrian. Can we just... Oh, go ahead. 
Can we just talk about how Brianna Cracker is a much better name than Miss Cracker? <laughs> like, why did she change it? It's so funny. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. Yeah, it works. Yeah, she can be both. Yeah, she can be both. I think I she did... should she should reinstate her first name as well, <laughs> Miss Brianna Cracker. Yes. I didn't get the joke until I heard it in this episode. It mm. took me to the end of the episode to actually get the joke. So I was uh, like, why yeah. is that funny, Brie? So what? Jeez. <laughs> I just did not. It was like <laughs> gone. Um, but I, I feel like some people, some drag queens may not be the smartest. So I feel like that kind of humor just like goes over them. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like I like Ms. Cracker gives me a lot of Bianca Del Rio in terms of just that ener- that like quickness, that the smarts. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, most people don't have as much of that smart, so I feel like Ms. Cracker is a lot easier for the more like simple people to understand. And I think that's why I underestimated her going in, and I think that's what I kind of took to as the episode went on, whereas she's actually quite smart, she's actually quite funny, she's very quick, and like I like that. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't have much more to say on the other two, so someone can jump in. and. Uh... Well, I mean, Muddy Card, I have nothing to say about. Like, Muddy Card is just completely in the middle for me. Um, didn't make a bad impression, didn't make a strong impression. Kind of has the purple edit of this episode, at least from what I was watching. Uh, Vixen was just, I thought at the beginning of the episode, Vixen was just a walking billboard. Like, I don't get the act at all. And then as the episode went on, I kind of got it a little bit more and I got the humor. But Dusty Ray is the one I want to talk about here because maybe the funniest introduction uh anybody had was when Dusty Ray is like I'm dark, glamorous, trashy, also dyslexic. I was just like, this is amazing. Uh, I don't know if I get the whole dots though. Like Dusty seems very tied to these whole dots on the face, and you know, even the judges at the beginning were just like, ah, I don't really get it. And I mean it kind of looks unique, it stands out, but if that's all you have, then you know, if if that's what you're basing everything you have on. I don't know how far you're going to go. It's You're probably going to get tripped up pretty early just by being repetitive. Yeah. Michelle's very cutthroat with her. I'm looking forward to a dot-free face. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. I, I agree. Like, I don't, I don't really see the aesthetic of the, the dots on the face. Like, it's cool that you've got a thing that no one else is doing, but it needs to like, be applicable to, like, the, the drag that the runway is meant to be. Um, so I think, you know, I, I don't want to see it too much. Um, Dusty, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, it wasn't my favorite aesthetic. Uh, reminded me of Acid Betty, um, which is probably tainting my opinion somewhat because Acid Betty didn't come across that positive. She looks um, like Thorgy and Acid Betty had a right, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Both in and out of drag. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, uh, like, the Vixen I have as my like second to bottom so that's my like second last pick i just uh nina benina brown vibes who i wasn't big on like just the whole like the arts and crafts aesthetic of drag is not my favorite i didn't like the entrance look with the chicago thing and i just didn't get much else from her interviews so not very high on her um who's that one i'm miss cracker i'm a neat what i am a neat um yeah i have monique in the middle as well um i know she seems sassy like maybe a little bit crazy but i don't know it seems like a safe middle pick for me 
I love Monique. Um, and watching, I watched my very first episode of Untucked in preparation for this podcast, and I'm even higher on Monique after that. Um, I think I think she's really funny. Uh, the Vixen, I'm just, I don't know. Like for me, drag queens are all about like the glamour, the hair, the outrageousness, and so like whenever there are drag queens that are more kind of like either political or kind of like concepty, mm-hmm. uh, like I don't really take to them as much. And who's the other one? <laughs> yeah, uh, Dusty. Dusty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, middle of the pack. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. She's. I think. I think she'll probably have a few good looks. I'm not like I don't love the name either. Like like Dusty mm. Ray makes sense, but then like bottoms, I get it. Like it's it's a gay thing. <laughs> yeah. Just like they would call out bottom across the restaurant or whatever, and like that's her name. But we're gonna get pl- heaps of bottom puns. Yeah, <laughs> from Rue. Yeah, Rue's gonna love this. Yeah. Potentially Rue made her change her name to that <laughs> so she could do the <laughs> yes. bottom puns. I'm yeah. going to go out on a limb here. Maybe I'm going to have a hot take right now. Okay. I don't get the hate for the dots. Like, I don't mm-hmm. understand it, but I feel like it's a thing where like, I'm not meant to understand it. It's your thing, your aesthetic, your interest. And I feel like Michelle was unnecessarily harsh about this dot, like dotted mm-hmm. face because correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think anyone ever criticized Trixie's look the way that Trixie does makeup. Cause it's so different. And, like, mm-hmm. that's Trixie's aesthetic. So what's the difference? I don't get why the dots are no, but the, like, putting your eyes to your cheekbones is, like, <laughs> okay. I just don't get why this isn't okay. I guess Trixie's looks more, uh, looks more kind of like, like a doll, and it kind of, like, ties into the name, whereas... Yeah, it, I think Trixie did get read for it on her first season, um, but then Trixie's had such success after that for her aesthetic and so it's more well known so certainly on all stars three they weren't going to read it for it because it's established as her look which i guess yeah for dusty um like if michelle hasn't seen it before then it's you don't know what's going on um but you know it it could be good um i mean i didn't like sasha's like monobrow like last season um but then after a while i started to get it and i knew what she was doing with it i think it's just like having a purpose you know like sasha had a statement to it and it was like um like breaking conventional beauty and that's why she had the monobrow um and trixie's going for the uh like extreme yeah yeah mattel like Like the mattel brand of toys yeah, yeah it's not meant to look realistic so i think with dusty I just didn't like when Michelle asked about the dots and Dusty said, you know, like, it's my thing. Like, I want an answer that is more than just I decided to put dots on my mm. face. Like, what is the purpose behind it? What are you saying with it? What's, the, you know, give it something more than just it's my thing because well, I want And it wasn't even my it's my thing. It's I accidentally put a dot on my face one day and then I decided, let me do more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was an accident. That looks great. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, some amazing things can come from that, but uh, yeah, I, did, I didn't love it. Sorry, Rossi. I mean, I don't say I love it. I was just like, I, I was a little put off, like, because I was like, anyone could do their makeup anyway. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just think it's more memorable than like, I don't know. Like, I can't remember any. I probably won't remember at all this season any makeup that Blair puts on. Like. Mm-hmm. I can yeah, successfully fair. tell you that like Dusty's going to be memorable unlike some of these other people yeah and you know what it probably only takes like a couple of dots like you don't need to have your whole face dotted if she had like three dots above her eyebrow then you'd see that and be like oh it's Dusty 
So if she can work it in like that, where it blends in with the whole look and it isn't distracting from the look, then it can be a good thing. And the last two we have are Vanessa Vanji Mateo in a birdcage and Aquaria, a.k.a. Ms. Cracker's twin. Um, yeah, probably next to Mayhem, Aquarius coming in with a huge reputation. I don't get the hype, but maybe I'm not meant to. I don't know. I was very down on Aquaria this episode, and mm-hmm. and the judges were very down on Vanessa this episode. So... Um, I don't have much to say. I, I was very put off by Aquaria this episode, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm with you. I mean, you you can see my winner's picks in front of you. I had Aquaria dead last, and the only note I made on Aquaria in the introduction of this episode was I feel like Aquaria is going to be the new milk. Like, the person who's just very average and seems to think like they're the most extraordinary thing on the planet. I didn't even really see the comparisons. It feels to me like these comparisons between Cracker and Aquaria maybe Aquaria makes a bigger deal out of it than Cracker does. And, oh, we're doing the same makeups and everything. I feel like that's going to get annoying really quickly. And I get what you're saying about being put off. Like, there's something about Aquaria's personality where, for the sake of television, it's probably good to keep Aquaria around. But, I mean, nothing about Aquaria really stood out to me in this episode. I think Ms. Cracker stood out in this episode. I feel like Aquaria is maybe just kind of like the bland version of Ms. Cracker. Um Obviously, I'm going to be sad to say this, but like Vanessa, how do you even say this all? Vanessa, uh, Vanji, Vanessa, VJ Mateo, uh, I'm going to, st- VJ I'm going to stop before I really butcher it. Uh, but well, you won't have to do it much longer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Approximately 20 minutes. Um, yeah. this is the other character I was talking about where seeing Vanessa in drag, I'm like, this is just boring. Then Vanessa talks in person and you see the confessionals. I'm like, Vanessa is my favorite character here out of costume and out of character. I mean, just every line that he had was just hilarious. Um, and just his way of speaking is so memorable and everything. So I'm really sad that the episode ended the way it did. But I, I at the same time, I can't really blame it because when I was going off my initial picks here, I mean, I had Aquaria dead last and I had Vanessa, uh, what, like third last. So... I don't really see the big deal, you know, as far as the performance goes, but I just wish we could have had this character around longer because, like, he was hilarious. Yeah, it was a shame that uh, that we lost Vanessa because, yeah, the confessionals were great and, like, it was it was quite tragic. Like, we were cracking up at Vanessa's look on the runway because it, it was a bit of a hot mess. Like, it was a, just like a ball of flowers. I was losing it laughing when I saw the dolls on her face. <laughs> yeah. Brian was like cry laughing for a while. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, why is that doll stroking her face? <laughs> <laughs> so it like, uh, it was a shame because I think like, you know, I would have rather seen calorie go just because i didn't think we we're going to get much else from her whereas like vanessa would have been more entertaining to watch going forward uh but i had a quite low like i had a third last on my list um and the other one mentioned aquaria like i i have robotic sarcastic and bratty i think i think she'll be in it for a while because she has the popularity she can obviously do something well um, but I don't know if it's going to be an all-round performer. And the whole drama with Ms. Cracker, 
I think like production's going to want to get the most out of that. Um, but I, I agree with what you say, Colin. It seems like Aquarius is the one that's more uh, like wrapped up in that, and Miss Cracker's probably just going to do her own thing and not care so much. So I think Aquarius is going to be gone uh, long before Miss Cracker. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement. Aquaria was bottom of the list for me as well. She reminds me of a past queen, and I should Google her name. It's like Miss... Phalangia? Lagrange? <laughs> Lagrange? Is that one? There was one that was like the Stoner Queen. Yeah, and someone, Yeah, Lagrange. Lagrange. Um, Phalangia. <laughs> and, um, um, and like just really kind of, I, I don't know, like entitled and bratty. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't I didn't really take to Aquaria at all. Yeah. Um, and Vanessa. Oh, uh, Vanessa. I was all over the place with Vanessa. I saw a video preseason that was like, tell us about the first time in drag. And everybody else was like, it's so embarrassing. I can't look at it. And Vanessa was like, I look fierce and I made money. And I was like, yes, I love her. So I put her right at the top and then kind of watched some preseason stuff and it dropped. And then during the episode, I was like, oh, she's good. I don't think she deserved to go home. But. <laughs> I feel like you would love her for things like that because the way that you just said it, you did the same impression that you do when you do Sandra. <laughs> yeah. Is this RuPaul's Sandra? <laughs> well, obviously not. She's yeah, not going to no, Obviously twice. not. She was first birth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, I love this. It's probably the first and last time I'll ever mention this queen, but I love the like Tyra Sanchez aesthetic of a queen who can like look really feminine and pretty but has a deep voice like this. And that yes. is Vanessa. Yeah, like yeah. when Vanessa talks, it's just like, <laughs> who is this chain smoker? Like, <laughs> I just love when people have that, like this contrast of the sound to the look. Yeah. And we will get to that look. <laughs> um, and especially like hyper feminine look as well, like Barbie dolls and flowers. <laughs> I went for pretty. <laughs> Um, and then I guess we'll get into the challenges now. We can quickly talk over the main challenges, although there were a lot of funny bits. It is essentially look, essentially probably the epitome. I would say the challenges were very on point this season or this episode. Like essentially the for mini challenge was what do drag queens do on a day, daily basis? So like just redo it. And so I thought that was a really fitting mini challenge, although it felt like a bigger challenge than it should have been. Uh, but we had a lot of great moments. I mean, Colin and I are probably happy to see a lot of Trixie. Um, Trixie probably had some of the best lines. I loved all the things that Jinx was saying. And Colin probably has no idea who these people are. Um, yeah. Uh, I loved uh, Peppermint made a comment about Asia. It was like, like a car wash with all that fringe. And I was just like, <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Um so many good references too, like, you know, Mariah talking about the fishnets and the, you know, talking about Roxy Andrews clapping because of Jinx. And yeah, that was my favorite one. Mm-hmm. And like the hem everywhere and all these like great moments. I love the little bit between Bob and Ms. Cracker kind of reuniting in this weird way. Uh, mm-hmm. What does it mean to be someone's daughter? Oh, like they helped them get into drag. So like if I wanted to do drag and you were a drag queen, I'd be like, help help me get into drag. And like, I know you would help me with my makeup or like, you know, yeah, like a mentor. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like young, young grasshopper queen or something. Yeah, sure. 
It's not like a legal family document. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except in some cases, you take their name. So, yeah, like yeah. Manji Mateo. So it's mm-hmm. hit or miss, I guess, depending on how you do it. Mm, yeah. Uh, I I love the challenge. Uh, we didn't get a broken knee from Eureka, so that's a good start. Yes. <laughs> Colin, you have chal- so many. Oh, go. No, no, no. Sorry. Sorry. Oh. Well, I'm, Colin, <laughs> you have a lot to say on all these people that you know so well. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to add much on here because I think the only note I'm looking through this, I'm like, was I missing something? Like, did I skip half this episode? But I made one note. I put, I know Trixie. So <laughs> I'm not going to add much <laughs> on here. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much it. It's good to see Trixie back. You know, it's been a whole week since uh, Trixie was on our screen. So <laughs> yes. uh, my number one favorite drag queen of all time. Um I don't know. There's a couple other ones in here that uh, that look like they might have been amusing. They're definitely better than the the other winners of the the all stars that kept popping up in the handmade suits. But that could just be that those handmaids give me nightmares. So um, were they in there, or, or does this include all? Like, are these contestants all winners, or are these just pretty much anybody? I didn't see Alaska in there, but uh, Chad Michaels was there. I think. Uh, yes. I think we got a confessional from her. Um, it was kind of a combination of like winners. There was quite a few that had appeared on All Stars one and two, um, so like quite a bit of representation from the first like one to four seasons, which I don't think you've seen, Brian. So there was a lot of faces no. that were unfamiliar to do. We also got the um, first, the literal first boot, and the most recent winner, which I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I loved it. It was definitely one for the fans just to see the familiar faces and go like, oh, that one. Yeah, I recognize her. And yeah, they could, they were on point with confessionals. And yeah, it was pretty cool. Like the challenge itself, like they're just, you know, going down the runway, mm. like, you know, pretty, pretty bog standard, but you how, know, not a bad way. To how terrifying that. must it have been oh, yeah. to walk out on that stage and everybody <laughs> is in the crowd judging them? Yeah. Oh, and I liked that they sort of reused some of the uh, some of the queens when they were getting ready for the runway as well. Sort of in that the quick shots, cutting to them like running the camera and mm. turning the DJ booth up and stuff like that. It's nice. We like to see the old queens come back. I was gonna say something. Oh well, it's gone. Um, yeah, just a lot of great moments. I thought. Yeah, it was more of a like fan service slash, you know, I think it was a good self-referential thing referencing yeah. 10, 10 years. like a decade of drag drag race. Yeah. You know, I was trying to think after I watched it, I was like, you know, Survivor really doesn't do that. The first time they really referenced themselves was this season that we're currently airing. Mm, like yeah. what they brought people back for season eight. But then that's really that was it. Like I I kind of really appreciate this self-referential stuff really early on in its history i mean how would you work Would this be... into survivor like when you're all being <laughs> shipwrecked you've got you know rupert there in a captain's hat and kelly wigglesworth is yeah. like i don't know mopping the deck or something and you just work them in his extras <laughs> yes that would be brilliant or like when you get to exile island and it's on the boat instead of just cochrane rocking up it's a whole party yeah with the whole <laughs> contestants <laughs> That'd be the equivalent. I was looking out for Cochrane in the crowd of this repulse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we get uh, obviously we know that Monet, Bob Drag Queen, wins this challenge, mm-hmm. which I was a little surprised by. But I mean, mm, same. Yeah. I didn't know how to judge this. I'd be like, uh, 
you all didn't fall <laughs> except Aquarius. Yeah. So like you win. Like yeah. my basis for this challenge was uh, okay. The two people that I know were going to win were Aquarius and Vixen because Vixen fell apart yeah, yeah. on the entire runway and then Aquarius yeah. slapped someone. So <laughs> yes. I don't think you get tipped when you slap someone in a regular show. So <laughs> not um, a past winner anyway. Yeah. A good past winner. Yeah. Who do you guys think should win? Because I actually don't know. You had a thought who should win? On this season or just for this challenge? No, the challenge. Oh, uh, I remember Miss Mayhem coming out and being like, yes, 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 yes. But I think Eureka really kind of was too nervous going in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Eureka was first and Miss Mayhem was second. So when Miss Mayhem started actually performing, I was like, okay, good, good, good. Like, this is this is going well. I can't to be honest, I can't really remember anyone else who was outstanding other than. Yeah. Yeah. Who's bad. I was focusing on Asia because I've I've got Asia down as my winner pick. So that was someone who I got a vibe from and then i'm like okay now you need to prove that you can do everything that i think you can and her runway seemed uh like the the catwalk seemed confident and she was doing a few dance moves that looked on point so i'm like okay i've got i've got hope for you that i haven't really messed up (laughs) with my winner pick yeah that was was it yeah also before we obviously get announced monet wins but before that we get um yuha where she's confusing all the black queens. <laughs> are you are you ma'am? No. Are you, Mo- <laughs> are you Monique? Like <laughs> Yeah. And the, the, they're just looking at her like, honey. <laughs> I'm like, well, which one are you? <laughs> um I actually thought it was hilarious, like listening to uh the start of your podcast for All Stars Three at the very beginning. I was cracking up at Colin just not being able to know who people were outside of drag. Oh, <laughs> like as soon as they changed. took off the makeup, it's like <laughs> Yeah, it's like, who are all these people? How do you tell them apart? Colin, I think it's really funny the that they show Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's why this challenge was so hard for me, because not only did I not know who any of these new people are, you throw in 50 other people that I didn't know. So, yeah, when they're in drag, I don't know who they are. And then when they were taking it off, like, I was empath- empathizing with Yuhua, Yohua, um, uh, <laughs> the Asian one. I was empathizing with her, because I'm like, I don't know what any of these people are. Like, who are they? You all look alike to me. We got a a lot of press about that. Apparently, people were calling Yuha like racist for not knowing. Like, no, no. And then, but everyone, like all the people there, and like a lot of even, I think Michelle commented on it as well. Was was like they're just meeting. How are you supposed to know these people apart? And it's just like it's so ridiculous. But it's also the humor of it came from somebody who's Asian. That's the stereotype is that people will look at Asians and they say, "Oh, I can't tell them apart." So the fact that it was come from her, I mean, it 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 probably was one hundred percent real, but it made it funny. It made it like she was doing a parody on you know the way that people treat Asian people. That's what I thought with it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Like it's you know came from the right person and in the right context. It wasn't like the intent was not hurtful so you know i'd like i i, I saw it for the humor that it was and also she's not just meeting these people for the first time she's meeting like two people for each person for the yeah. first time like yes. then in drag and out of drag i think it's i think it's totally fine i think people need to chill out yeah yeah i still don't know everyone apart yet so i mean i don't expect someone else to uh then we get announced that the challenge is the very first challenge ever on rupaul's drag on a dime although they don't really spend any money, so it's free drag. Um, and mm-hmm. 
I love that they're putting this to the test right away. Can a drag queen sew? Because that is like a staple of the show. And every season you get someone who can't sew. So you, you get the Shangela of the season, can't sew, who can't do anything. I'm guessing it was Vanessa this season, but we didn't really get a lot of storyline about that. But uh, I was interested to see how it turned out. Uh, we get a lot of comments about, you know, Vanessa. I wrote a quote from Vanessa saying, no one wants to look like the cleaning crew, which I'm guessing reference to <laughs> uh, Monet's <laughs> beautiful outfit. Uh, yeah. And a lot of, you know, shade, I would say, this season. A lot of people were, like, dissing each other's outfits. At this point, I think Aquarius was like, who's the Boy Scout? And, oh, it's Blair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, all these, like, moments and i love the monique storyline of oh i'm gonna win this challenge and if i don't i'm gonna push someone who does mm-hmm. and i hope next when they come back into the workroom we get that scene of monique pushing someone pushing <laughs> down. Yeah, See yeah. Come through. Um, colin i'm sure you have a, a lot of familiarity with who these people were so i'm sure you have a lot to say uh well no i mean i like the challenge and we talked about this a lot last season that despite the fact that I'm always like, this episode was at least 10 to 15 minutes too long, which this episode was about 10 to 15 minutes too long. It wasn't that they needed to cut this stuff out because I like the behind the scenes stuff almost more than I like the performance stuff, you know, seeing how they have to put these things together. And it was funny because you could see them all digging into the shopping carts and going for certain items. But then once they start making it, like I had no clue what it was. I mean, um, uh, who was it with the sponges again? You just said. Monet. Um, Monet, yeah. So with Monet, I mean, I'm watching her build this thing, and I'm like, I have no idea what this is until they got a close-up shot. I'm like, oh, those are sponges. That's so clever. So I kind of like this, and uh, particularly, um, uh, uh, who was the one that had all the the black rubber gloves and I think a garbage bag on the end? That the was uh, Mayhem. Mayhem. Okay. Mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really good with these names. Just wait six more weeks, and I'll be into this. <laughs> but uh, it, it just reminded me that there was this time when. Uh, um, my brother and I were teenagers and we had this friend who, you know, came over, basically spent the whole summer with us and his grandparents gave him like $20 and said, you know, you're going over for a weekend. So it's, Oh, here's $20, you know, get yourself some treats or something. So he goes to the store, my brother and him go to the store and they come back. I'm like, what'd you guys get? Assuming they're going to get like Slurpees or, you know, chips or something like cookies or something. And they're like, Oh, we got some garbage bags. <laughs> like What? Like you had twenty dollars to spend for a weekend, you got garbage bags, but for some reason you just thought it would be funny to get garbage bags, and they made themselves suits out of garbage bags. That they then went out to stand on the street corner in garbage bags, and let's just say they got a couple of slurs thrown at them and came running back in the house screaming, "Lock the doors!" But my other friend decided to take this uh, garbage bag seat, uh, suit to the beach. I uh, went to camping for a week and <laughs> he wanted to swim in it. And he just thought it'd be funny to tell people that he was allergic to the sun and this was his protection. You could just see people like nodding and he was trying to do like handstands. Hey, look at me. And people were like turning away and running away from us. So yeah, uh, we've had some experience making costumes like this, like on a dollar store budget. But I mean, uh, I don't know. $20 is a little bit much to spend on garbage bags. I and mean, I think we could have done a little bit better with our money. <laughs> Yeah, we've had an experience trying to 
dress up on a dime as well for Halloween in London. <laughs> we were just like making our costume on the bus to the party with like some masking tape and I can't even remember what we tried to dress as. We tried to dress as jellyfish and we had umbrella and then we had like tissue paper hanging from the umbrellas and we just for the rest of the party we were so embarrassed by our costume we actually just like hid under these umbrellas. Yes, and just lower the umbrella. <laughs> so we, you can't see our face. It's the entrance look. You just throw it away at the end. Yeah, Rossi, you've got to have a story like this now. What did you buy at the dollar store? <laughs> Crackers. I don't. I don't have any interesting. To- I bought fake flowers once, but not as much oh. to cover my entire torso. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Didn't have some Barbie dolls in there. No, they were all out. Uh, I think I think having a challenge like this to start off with is is brilliant because it really puts them to the test. Like mm-hmm. it's. This is a lot of pressure to build something from scratch. And I think it's hilarious to see when people are just a hot mess in the situation, when you see them trying to put it together and you're like, what are they doing? <laughs> and it's the you get the best banter, just people like ripping into each other for what they're trying to create and how badly it's going. And and what people can create is brilliant as well. Like it really you know shows who's a cut above the rest and what they can do creatively from scratch. So... Yeah, I think it's I think it's nice that we had this one to start. My favorite part of the challenge is actually the guy who's sitting in the giant shopping trolley <laughs> who like looked like he hadn't thought through his job and he was just like doo, 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 doo. I don't know him. how to get down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they just like kind of left him there and he just like watched from above. Yeah. It almost seemed like a reveal cuz like Jason from the pit crew who was the one up in the shopping trolley has been there for a long time so when all the pit crew came out and it's like is that it and it's like no Jason's here with the big trolley. <laughs> Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it's cute. They needed to remake the workrooms just so that could fit in. Yes. Yeah. That's why it was updated. Just yeah. for this challenge. We're going to see next week it goes back to the old the old brick. Yeah, yeah. And I think that this is where we start to see the real promise that Ms. Cracker is really delivering, especially with that creativity of bargaining for um, mm. hats or mm. I, don't, I don't even know what the items were, but like bargaining mm. for, you know, trading and kind of trying to haggle at this flea yeah. market that they were at. Um, and I think that it shows kind of the extra level of thought that goes into, I think that's kind of where the smarts are coming in and, and why I think there was destined to. And yeah. then obviously and what, we get. What she created looked like fashion mm-hmm. as well. Like it wasn't just, she made something out of nothing. Like she made something that actually looks like something that a drag queen would wear. And then we obviously get the whole drama. I don't. I think we'll just squash it here. The drama between the the makeup thing of Aquaria and Ms. Cracker doing the exact same thing. Ugh. But from our perspective, Ms. Cracker was looking at a book, not at the mirror of the other people. I, I don't know. I, I was so put off by this. I think, I think Ms. Cracker is just creative, and Aquaria just needs to calm down. Yeah, it I, wasn't that similar. To I me. didn't think it was that similar. Uh, they kept like cutting between the two shots, and I was like, "All right, so their eyebrows are thin, but also <laughs> yeah. like, how many variations of eyebrows can you have?" <laughs> yeah, lots. Yeah, but yeah, apparently it. lots. If, well, if someone starts doing dots, then okay, you can make. A <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, this is almost just like that that stereotype of you know women going to a wedding or something like that, where it's like if somebody's wearing the same dress as you, it's like, oh, they're sabotaging me. You know, it's just it's such a stereotype. Yeah. But I mean, I I don't think anybody's looking. 
that closely at the makeup, especially when your challenge is a costume challenge, I guess. Was anybody looking that closely at the makeup? It's like, uh, a little too similar there. Like the costumes were completely different. And if you were trying to copy somebody, wouldn't you try to copy the thing you're being judged on, which is like the hat or the dress or whatever else they have on? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think what we got in Untucked maybe suggested more of like this copycat kind of situation. Um, Aquaria was saying that looks that she would put up online that they would she would then see Miss Cracker doing the same look. So like if that's a thing and it's like more specific, then okay, I can see why you might be a bit jaded. But also like again, that's going to be her undoing because she's the one one who seems to care about it. Like you know, imitation best form of flattery. So like let her do it. Just step up your game and do better. I was very much a poor woman's. Uh, kimono gate um <laughs> season eight like i just thought that i was like that's okay you can see the comparison like maybe you shouldn't all wear the same thing but this time it's like okay you did the makeup similar and from yeah. what oh, and from what people have said on the show it's like those lights just wash you out you can barely see the makeup as well like on those stage lights so like it's not going to be that noticeable anyway mm-hmm so I thought it yeah. was just ridiculous. If anything, like the two looks were using the visors stood out as being similar, yeah. like two similar ideas that have come onto the runway. And they put them back to back on the runway as well to emphasize it, I think. Yeah, I was surprised we didn't get more comments about that. Because hmm, as soon as yeah. I saw that they were making it, I was like, oh, this is this is literally kimono all over again when they brought four kimonos out in a row. Yeah. Like intentionally yeah. not spacing them out. And they're like yep. two t- tin men in a row. I was like, oh, <laughs> but apparently it didn't matter. It's all about the dots that we cared about. Yeah, yeah. And I guess they were quite different looks, the two visor looks as well. Like they had styled differently. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Uh, since we're already talking about it, I guess we'll get to the runway looks. Yeah. Uh, but I did love that there's one of you mentioned it before about the seeing the little bits of them cleaning the cameras or the. The lights. Mm-hmm. I loved seeing Bob sweep the, the <laughs> stage. But like Bob sweeping the stage when Monet walked in sweeping the <laughs> yeah. floor. <laughs> yeah. And like when Monet was on that initial catwalk, and then it like cut to a confessional from Bob. I was like, oh god. If the con- like comparison wasn't already there, like it's it's even more in your face. And then we get the whole storyline about Monet is Monet's doing this cleaning thing. Having a, a clean, like, sponge look after sweeping the stage, after your twin sweeps the stage. It was, yes. they were not helping yes. these two yes. at all, like, divide divide them. It was the same person. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess we'll just run through all of them. Not quick. I don't have as a super important to say on each specific, sec, mm-hmm. you know, outfit, except just talk about the ones that stood out for me. Um for the bad reasons, Vanessa Vanjie Mateos looked like a pink potato sack. Like, <laughs> it was literally just round. Like, yeah. I know that round is a shape, but, like, it was literally just round. And uh, It I, looked like the dolls were trying to eat her face and, like, <laughs> trying to, like, claw it off. And it was, I just, I thought it was okay, except for, like, the doll headband. It was weird. Yeah, thought, and the, the dolls weren't going to be a part of it. Like, that was the last minute Manet said, I don't want the dolls anymore. And Vanessa <laughs> was just like, all right, I'll take them. So I guess before I, it was just going to be a balloon of flowers. 
I thought that Vanessa, like there were like flowers on the dolls and Vanessa was going to take them off and like put them on the outfit. But no, she just straps dolls to the chest of this outfit. <laughs> oh, bless her. And it didn't help that it was like, look like one color. Like, yeah, it's not like there was blue in there. It was purple and pink. And that mm-hmm. washes out on one color with purple stage lights. Yeah. Like messy. Uh, and then obviously I thought Ms. Cracker's like costume was incredible. I thought that that, I thought that was going to be the winner. I was a little surprised to see that not win. And, and I was not high on Monique's like glove, uh, trash bag suit. Cause it, it just looks so gropey having all these gloves all over <laughs> your chest that look like they were filled with cement. Like it just uh, looks weird to me. Yeah. I uh, mean, uh, mayhem's look. May- oh, Rossi. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you pulled a call in. <laughs> I pulled a call. <laughs> yeah, whatever I didn't... Yeah, insert mayhem there. <laughs> yeah. They both start with M. <laughs> it doesn't help that three of the... Like, the Black Queens all have M names. Monet, Monique... Yeah. Mayhem. It's a little not helpful. I mean, the only reason you don't throw Miz in there is because he's a cracker. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was pretty much it. I thought uh, Monique would get more praise for the card look because I thought that was pretty interesting and had not been seen before. And, oh yeah, obviously Onk Onk was pretty great. (laughs) Okay, so you thought that Monique's card thing was was good or was you just saying it was a unique i liked it i thought it was going to be at least one of the tops i didn't see i would swap like i wouldn't swap i but like i thought i didn't think that blair would get as much praise mm-hmm. and yuha would get as much praise i thought that i thought that monique would get more praise especially with the edit of monique saying i'm gonna win like, well that's it was that edit that made me think there's no way she's going to win because it was just so confident in I'm making a whole suit out of cards. There's no way I can possibly lose this. So I kind of instantly figured, oh, she's not winning this one. I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. I did think it was, you know, clever and it probably was a hassle to put together. Uh, and it held together, you know, well, but, uh, I don't know. That edit kind of gave it away for me. Uh, the card dress. Uh, I, I liked it. I think, yeah, I'd rate it above the caution tape. I thought the same thing with the caution tape that, you know, it's been done before. So mm. I don't want to see it. Like, she did do it differently. Like, it was flowy, like, you know, more tight and revealing. So I guess there was that difference to it. Um, but I guess, like, the, the card dress, like, it kind of falls in the same category of the money dress. Like, it's taking one thing and then just, you, you know... Uh, I don't know, I guess, like, playing cards and money, like, mm-hmm. are quite similar in the size and, and how you would design something but out of them. So Would you say that the, the police I, I tape falls into the same category, just sort of, like, one object building clothes out of it? Yeah, just taking one thing. I think it's more creative if you can combine two unlikely objects and make them work together, mm-hmm. uh, which is what Miss Cracker did. Like, she had a shower curtain and then the, the wide-rim hats. Um so they're two things that it's like, why would you put those two things together? They're very different in material and look, but she turned it into an outfit that looked amazing. And it's the same with Blair St. Clair. 
yeah. like garbage bags and visors. Yeah. Um, I think like Blair St. Clair is not kind of like what makes me excited with drag, but I thought she was going to win. Um, I thought she looked that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, anyone else who stood out? Um, Monet, so the sponge dress. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really liked it. I, I loved her being read for it in Untucked, where um, it, like people just aren't getting the whole like soap bubbles and water rings. Like people just didn't get it. But I think this would have looked way better as like a gown with a giant dress, not like a giant train. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Not like this weird onesie where she's like also sweeping the stage as well with her yeah. feet. No, I wasn't. I wasn't a fan. To, to me, um, it looked like. And I also feel like Vixen. Did... I was just to say, to me, it looked like Monet couldn't even walk in this thing. Like it was like your legs are barely yeah. shuffling together, and you're gonna fall over at any given moment. Yeah, I remember as kids like getting in a sleeping bag yeah. and like shuffling around the house. <laughs> yeah, like that. that's yeah, what it looked yeah, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It wasn't glamorous. Um, and Vixen, I feel like, was not read enough for her look. She literally just had to pull noodles to her face. Uh, to, sorry, uh, to her body. <laughs> milk. I, I, I made the comparison last night that Vixen looks like Milk's face in the finale of All Stars when she had those like weird kind of things coming out, attaching to all of her lips. Like, it was terrible. I did yeah. not like it. I feel like Vixen should have lost. Yeah, I I was surprised that she wasn't in the bottom. Um uh, I'm worried that with Vixen, it's going to be like Nina Benina Brown, where she's bringing something different. And so she'll, you know, be safe for a while because she's got an aesthetic that no one else does. But I, I didn't get it. I didn't see the outfit with it. It literally just looked like pool noodles and I didn't see mm-hmm. a shape to it. Nah. Yeah, yeah should have been in the bottom. With um with Vanessa's, it is funny because I saw it and I, I didn't really think anything of it like good or bad. But it wasn't until the judges made that comment about be, just being so round that I even thought about the fact that, you know, I guess part of being a drag queen is being able to make every part of you look like a woman, even if it is exaggerated and it, it's meant to kind of be comical. And uh, I can't remember which judge it was that said, you know, you're covering up all of, you do all this work to contort your shape to look like a woman and then you cover it up. And that kind of made sense to me because you look at what somebody like, uh, you know, even though the costume was terrible, you look at what like uh, Calorie did. It, it, it's still basically showing off what you're presenting as your figure, and it was just the exact opposite with Vanessa. And then the the dolls were almost like the the least of the issues there, because in wide shots you couldn't see it. But then when you do get close up, it's like you were describing. It looks like they're stroking her face or like trying to pick her nose or something. Like <laughs> there, there didn't seem to be any reason yeah, to them just hanging there. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, uh, I noticed she didn't wear them for the lip sync. She took them right off. <laughs> yeah, well, we weren't sure if they, she took them off or they fell off or what happened. <laughs> Was she just lining the stage in dolls as she tried to dance? Or they ditched the sinking ship? <laughs> Wait, nah. This, this girl gonna lose. I'm out of here. Bye, girl. Bye. <laughs> They're hoping to, like the Titanic, they were jumping off and hoping to yeah. land on the flower petals that came with it. <laughs> yes. And just have one more comment about Monet. I thought it, I definitely don't like it because I thought the exact same thing about Vanessa. You looked around and then had the sponge top, like the first top half of it looks like, just like an oval, like, right, like mm. it looks like a fat suit. It looks like Shangela's fat suit from last season. <laughs> yeah, not very shapely. <laughs> and I guess if you're intending to put on a fat thing, but like, not uh, not intentionally like that. 
Yeah. I, I was surprised that it was just safe, but considering the bottom two we had, I can let it slide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we get the big twist of the season that Pheromone is coming back into the competition. Um, <laughs> and I was, I was really confused at first because I was like, oh, wait, what? I thought it was yeah. going to be like kind of episode one of season nine when they're like, oh, I'm bringing someone back. And then Cynthia comes in. I thought it was going to be the same thing for a second. And then I was like, oh, wait, the guest judge that they hyped up months in advance. Is yeah, I know. I fell for it as well. Like I knew Christina was coming in. But when they said pheromone, I was like gripping at the couch being like, what? Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was hilarious when I watched it. I was with um, there was myself, three other guys and one girl. We all got together to to watch it together. And us four guys like when they were like we're introducing one more queen and we've all jumped forward on the couch we're like what (laughs) and then um the girl that was with us was like guys it's christina they said she was a judge and she's not there yet and we're like oh okay we sat back and then ruse like please welcome pheromone and we're like what (laughs) and then from the floor we hear her again guys it's because pheromone looks like christina (laughs) oh okay (laughs) calm down calm down um but like my boyfriend was there and like he doesn't know much about drag he hasn't seen much drag race and i loved like even when christina walked out um and everyone started cheering he was like why are they so excited about pheromone and i'm like babe babe <laughs> it's christina Aguilera. confusion across the board yes yes you fooled us and that's a pretty big get i would say for drag race like a guest judge that's a pretty big get yeah yeah Usually it's but it like seems like her gig, right? In Untucked, they say it's her first time on RuPaul. And I was surprised mm-hmm. by that. It seems like something she'd be into. Yeah. Yeah, we had well, Lady some... Gaga last. So, yeah, Christine is a good first episode guest. Well, sometimes, because I've listened to a few times to RuPaul's podcast with Michelle. And they talk about people that want to come on, but they're like, oh, I can't do it, like, for so long. Like, I can't sit there through the, all those people. Mm-hmm. And, like, then the, the bigger guests usually come at the end when it's only, like, four or five people. And I was really shocked that she came on the first episode. 14 people? Like, that's mm. so much. That's going to send so much time. And I was just like, that was what surprised me. So that's why I thought that Pheromone was actually coming back. I was like, <laughs> there's no way like, they would have a guest judge sit through the whole thing. And it, it just seemed weird. Uh, Technically, yeah. even though they did show the awful B-stock footage of her peeking behind <laughs> the camera, she didn't sit through all 14 queens. Technically. Yeah. <laughs> she probably didn't watch it yeah, at all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. probably recording her album and then they're like come quick 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 now <laughs> yeah she was in the parking lot like, like Mr. I've got to be honest Christina get in here uh, once they even introduced as Christina Aguilera I still thought it was a drag queen playing Christina Aguilera so um, I probably wasn't even aware this was actually her until they started to make the judgments <laughs> yeah uh, are you guys familiar with the story uh, about why the, the, they brought the pheromone comparison uh other than they looked alike, no. Yeah. There was a news article that was published, I think, either here or some some other U.S. or some other country, where they thought that Christina Aguilera was at the Met Gala, but it actually was pheromone on one of the days of DragCon. Right. <laughs> right. And this whole story circulated that Christina Aguilera was dressing up for the Met Gala in this, like, pink wig and everything, and it mm. got back to her that someone had looked looks just like her and then that's very fitting this whole story came up and then there was a bonus scene 
I think on the website probably, they were calling during the filming of this just to meet Christina Aguilera. So okay, yeah. if you're interested, there's a fun little scene somewhere on the website if, mm. for people oh, listening. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Very nice. Um, anyway, Christina's there to finally give some opinion. Um, <laughs> although I missed, I wish Christina was there. Maybe she would have had good puns for like the runways. Maybe yep. she would have known what an onk was. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, and there was a, a funny meme circulating a about in reference to last season when. <laughs> yeah, a Mimi. Um, in reference to when Aja was talking about things and didn't know the references, and it's like, girl, that wasn't that long ago. Like from RuPaul, there was a thing about Yuha not knowing what an Ankh was, and RuPaul's like, uh, well, 3200 BC wasn't that long ago. We get the judges, and then we're announced that essentially Mayhem wins. And Kim Kardashian and Alexis Mateo are in the bottom. And they have to look think. Yeah, I feel like when we've come from All Stars 3, where we're watching the winners of each challenge lip sync against each other, and now we're swapping to the bottom two, (laughs) you're reminded of how tragic it can be. Yeah. um, Also, I forgot to mention, but I... How does... Did Vanessa... Is Vanessa pulling a BB here and not watching the show? When every time RuPaul said "bam," which is the most iconic Alexis Mateo moment from the show, mm-hmm. Vanessa looked like dead, looked unfazed. Like, <laughs> do you not know? Was that? Yeah, just me? I feel like I feel like it was nerves. You're definitely right. Like there was no response to it, but like Vanessa looked like she was dying. Like it meant so much to her. She was nervous the whole way through. I think. And so just, yeah, like that, you know, that affects your wit or being able to, you know, like jump on board someone's reference. I, I think she was just, yeah, like being swallowed up in a in a dark hole, like knowing that she hadn't done so well in the challenge. I just thought it was so, it was so unfazed. Like, how do you not know your own drag mother stuff? But... <laughs> yeah. We, like, and I feel like that carried on too. Like when she was, you know, giving her like parting words, it kind of felt like, she wasn't quite there in the moment. Like she just was like a broken record of like, all I can remember is my name. Banji. Miss Banji. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what I, oh, sorry, you go. Oh, no. Um, but with the, with the lip sync, I just, I, I felt like there wasn't much flow to it. And like there wasn't, oh, I don't know. I felt like they were trying really hard, but obviously they were really nervous. But it just felt like very clunky. Like I'm gonna take my dress off here. Okay, I'm gonna leave my dress here. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly move my dress over here. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick my shoe over there. Like it, it felt very. Uh, it, it didn't feel as good yeah. as some lip syncs that I've seen. Yes, very sloppy. I don't understand the I'm gonna do a reveal of like stripping off part of my outfit. Like especially like stripping off part of your outfit when there's nothing to reveal underneath apart from just like your underwear. Um, but then yeah, like sort of throwing off your skirt and then being like, I'm gonna pick up my skirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just leave it off leave it yeah. it's gone it's gone i think she was revealing her ass because like that's her thing of course. Right? yeah which i wasn't down with <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> twerking yeah uh, and again she sort of said that she's the twerk queen i'm like oh babe i don't want to see it again <laughs> yeah. please don't uh, i i'm critical even in the all-stars which it, it what you were saying about 
it being weird that they're doing the winners for this. That's especially weird for me because that's all I've seen up until now. But I'm critical even of the idea that the winners are competing in what I think is kind of like a step down from the other challenges. It's kind of a throwaway challenge with lip syncing. Having the losers do it, it, it I don't know, it, feel, it feels to me like it cheapens whoever the exit is, especially because you can tell as soon as it's done. Like RuPaul's made up her mind, and it probably has nothing to do with the lip syncing. It's just one little bonus thing to throw in there. It feels like especially when you're this early in the show and you're dealing with the bottom of the barrel competitors, you don't really have anything to rank. So like if you do something in this, you're going to be safe if this has any bearing on the judgment. So like when Calorie just started shedding the dollar bills, I'm like, okay, that's at least something clever. That's probably all you can really be ranked on for this. But other than that, I mean, the decision I doubt has anything to do with the lip syncing. I think it does. Sorry, you go, Rossi. I was going to say, I would argue that there is a case for it being important. Obviously, you wouldn't know, but last season, an iconic (laughs) moment between Nita Vanita Brown and Valentina. Of course um, I do. Steal. Well, there was, okay, so Nina was in the bottom. That was the second time, I believe, Nina was in the bottom. And then Valentina was one of the clear front runners in the competition. But in the lip sync, absolutely bombed it. Didn't know the words. Pretty much was BB in some of the <laughs> lip sync. Didn't know the words. Wasn't really doing anything. Did it had a mask over their face, so they couldn't see their mouth moving. It was didn't move at a one spot and clearly bombed it. And in that case, the person that probably would have been safe as long as they moved <laughs> would have been fine. But the person who hit like because of that person who was probably in the bottom going into it would have was saved. Yeah, I, I see what you what you mean, Colin, with like you, they do such grand challenges where they show so much talent and then the final decider is mm. the lip sync. I guess it's there for, like, you know, because that represents drag. Like, a lot of drag performers, that's what they do for a living. It's it's lip syncing at, at clubs. Um, I guess it's a similar vibe to, like, uh, so you think you can dance. Like, they'll dance for their life um, with the bottom two. I, I think what they're going for, it's, like, who wants it more? Who can fight for it? Like, you're one of two people that are going to go home now. So, like, you need to bring out all stops, give us everything you can. And you're right. Like, something like throwing the money up, you need to do something that is unexpected or it's going to make you stand out against that other person. Um, And if you are someone who lands in the bottom more than once, it kind of pushes you further. Like, you've got to keep bringing something new. Like, you can't just jump into the splits again because we've seen it. Um, So, I I think it just forces people to show everything they've got. It's like moment of desperation save yourself mm-hmm. show us you want it and i'm gonna make a bold call i feel like a lot of people really love the lip sync for your life more than the lip sync for your legacy like the winners doing it mm-hmm. but i love the winners do like doing it because i think that there's no nerves like when you're already won you're safe you're not going mm-hmm. anywhere like it's look it just looks like a better performance like i'm more enjoying the ones that win like think about all stars three like shangela in a fat suit like all like i'm trying to think of all better moments like aja and ben de la creme doing anaconda like stuff like that was so much more fun than watching these people like (laughs) struggle like and my biggest pet peeve when any lip sync ever is when they take off a piece of clothing and then they pick it up again and move it (laughs) 
Like, just yeah. let it sit there. Yeah. Get it out of the way if it's in the yeah. way. Don't pick it up. Like, you're right. Uh, and they both did. <laughs> they both did. It looked so messy. Like, they were just getting undressed in the dressing room. Yeah. <laughs> like, wanting to get be out drunk. of each other. Yes, yeah. yes. And not, like, yeah. drunk. Like No. Um, I think it's also like it's an opportunity for someone who maybe is brilliant and just messed up that mm. challenge. So it's like you had a bad run, something went wrong with your outfit, and now you can show that you are deserving to stay. Um, and some people who have gone really far have landed in the bottom quite early on, and then you know they slay their lip sync and then they get back, you know, on point and they deliver. Do you think we'll have a? a similar finale this season to what we had season nine which was lip syncing for the crown um so that was i guess the like the biggest of like the top competitors competing against each other and like delivering us like some of the best lip syncs we've seen i would they would have to give a good reason because i think last season they had a really good reason of like these lip syncs have sucked this season like Mm -hmm. season nine had some of the worst ever like and so they had to justify like why they did it, mm-hmm. almost. And I, I can RuPaul can do whatever the hell they want. Like they can, <laughs> they can have yeah. a final ten, and just have yeah. non-eliminations till like till the final episode, and then be like, all right, you're all gonna compete in one lip sync. Ten people running around, <laughs> like, and like yeah, that could be the end, but it wouldn't be nice. But like so, if it if they justify it well, I, I'll be okay with it. Yeah. If we get more did lip syncs you... like this, then yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you like that twist with the season nine finale? I didn't, but I'm going to sound like such a hypocrite because I was pleased with the... If you listened to our coverage of All-Stars 3, you would have known that I was pleased with the ending of All-Stars 3 mm-hmm. for the same reason I felt like Trinity and Shay were so robbed because they didn't get to like have the standard format based on challenge performances, but I wasn't as bitter when Shangela lost. So I'm still coming to terms with it all. Yeah. Okay. So like, yeah, it's hindered by the the person who actually takes the crown at the end. Like I, the third and fourth place people of that season were in the final two. Like if you were doing basic challenge performances, the people who was sucked more. Yeah. That did better. So it's tough. Yeah. And I, when I was thinking about Winnipeg for this season, I was considering that too. When I was like, Monet seems like someone who will go really far, potentially as a winner, you know, has a similar run to Bob. But if we have a similar finale to season nine and they're lip syncing for the crown, maybe Monet isn't a stronger lip syncer to others. I don't, I don't know that because I haven't seen them do it, but it was like maybe it could come down to something different. And it's just whoever pulls out all, all stops at the end. And that's what it could come down to. We'll see. Tuned. We will. We're going to podcast about it. So <laughs> at least we are. <laughs> yeah. And so we lose Vanessa Vanjie Mateo, who has a very, very memorable walkout, Miss Vanjie, Miss Vanjie. And I guess we can get to our predictions about where we all placed mm-hmm. Vanessa. Mm. Yeah. So. Colin, do you remember? I, I had a third last. Yes, you did. You had Vanessa coming in 12th place. Um, I was very high on Vanessa, apparently. Uh, so I had Vanessa going all the way up to 8th. So I'm very far away. 
Uh, what about you two? I have her in third last as well. Mm. And I have Vanessa ninth, so I'm with you, Rossi. <laughs> so it's a tie. So if we're giving, I guess we'll do yeah. Colin and Kyle get mm-hmm. a point. Yes. Oh, win. <laughs> I'm on the board. I maintain my and crown. <laughs> uh, yeah, but let's go to your winner pick <laughs> No, no, that's we okay. Calorie <laughs> and Williams coming in first. Um, I, you guys have already announced your winner pick, but I, my winner pick, I kept at Monet, just because okay. I think that that, I think I could see a lot of versatility mm, in yeah. Monet, and I think that that's why I'm going to stick with it, even though. You brought up a good point about the lip sync and other people being really con- good contenders. Yeah, I think you're right, man. Like that was the one I saw and thought this is the winner. And from like my history with picking Survivor winners, like it's usually better for me if I don't think about it too much. And I've done what usually messes me up this time, where I try to be clever about it and see someone who's not as obvious at the start. And that's why I've picked Asia. But I mean. Watch Asia go next week and Monet take out the crown. Rossi, um, what's looking I, toward just before next, you move on, oh, what's oh. the lowest pick we have for Monet? The lowest pick. Um, well, you out of the two of us, I don't actually have their things in front of me. Um, I have Monet second. Yeah, and I okay, have so second. all of us. Okay, second is the lowest. <laughs> so, the, yeah. So basically, <laughs> this is our lock for a win. If you're averaging all of us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I I think I talked a lot about who I thought my winner pick was going to be, but I don't know. Did I did I lock in Monique Hart in the podcast? Monique Hart is actually my winner pick for the season, which I don't think Colin no. is going to agree with. <laughs> um, yeah. Wait, who yeah, that, that, that mayhem? Which one is that? Asia. <laughs> I can't tell the difference. <laughs> well, see, like mayhem, like at the end of the episode. So, like, I did. I watched the interviews with Sasha. I watched the Meet the Queens, and then watched the entrance for them. And that's when I locked people in with their places. Um, and so, at the end of the episode, I was like, mayhem got a really good edit, and I was like, ah, uh, like his. Could that be the winner? But I relate her to Kennedy quite a bit. I feel like she's going to deliver, but probably just going to miss out. So, you know, sort of watching this episode, I was like, oh, winners at it, maybe? There are definitely some people that definitely I gave less credit to than should have been given credit to and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, for me, I gave Asia, like Asia's near the bottom of mine. Yep. Just because I was like, oh, she's versatile, but so does everyone else in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like every Survivor player ever says adaptable, but they're not all adaptable. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I put some of these people down at the bottom. Like Monique is down at the bottom, but I think they could go far. And I put Blair way up high, but I don't think that's going to happen now. So it's it's all over the place. <laughs> this is harder than Survivor, at least. But yeah, likewise. It comes down to such different, like it, one week someone can be on the top and the next week it's all over. Like it's so hard to predict. Ben de la Creme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, one week you can win and go home. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yes. Um, Brian likes to use the like meme of Bender Lacrem holding up the I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like when Sia comes on in the club, just says that I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my friends suggests that I get my own black lipstick and just like write out my name on <laughs> So that when, when I decide to want to go home, but I can't be bothered going across the club to see Kyle, I'm just going to hand it up, <laughs> hold it up so he knows that I'm going home. Uh, so I guess we have to do our rankings. Are you familiar with our ranking system? Oh, you have your, uh, would you rent yeah. it, buy it? Buy a or... red bin. Oh, I'm not. Buy a okay. rent it and bin it? Yeah. Yeah. So buy it. You loved it. You would pay money to watch it again. Uh you would tip the drag queen to see it again. Um, rent it would, you, you sort of, you digged it. It was all right. Could have been better. And been it, yeah, don't want to think about this again. Done. Garbage. Go away. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a rent for this one. Like, I I did actually watch it once. Because <laughs> um, I watched it with a group of friends, and then I watched it with Brian. <laughs> uh, I'm also a buy it. Uh, I love this. Oh, I went rent. Oh, oh, okay. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a buy it. Yeah, yeah I loved it. I'm. <laughs> so you're already getting started on your rewatch. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I'm a rent it, but I'm gonna rent it once. So I guess that means watch it twice because I would rewatch it. Um, so we're gonna get very convoluted in our rankings here. Um, <laughs> rent it officially, but it's worth <laughs> watching a second time just for some of the fun characters. I thought it was stronger than the All Stars premiere that we saw what like two months ago now. <sighs> Um, wow, that's re okay. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna rent it because I thought it was okay, but I was literally just about to make the comment about this is not as good as the one of the best episodes of Drag Race of all time. And I was gonna say the premiere of All Stars <laughs> 3. <laughs> I was like, I thought that was one of the best. Uh, and you just dissed it. I didn't uh, diss it, I just said, and, and again, <laughs> it's probably being more familiar with the show now. I mean. When we started All Stars, that was the second episode I'd ever seen and the first one I'd ever seen in the proper context. So, I mean, I've come a long way. I I, I understand what I'm watching now. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Like when you were watching All Stars 3, someone did a death drop and you were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas when you've been when watching the show, you're like, you know that you're meant to appreciate that. Mm. <laughs> the episode goes up in points. I'll never forget the struggle I had trying to explain how incredible Asha's performance was <laughs> in the talent uh-huh. show. Yeah. Uh, so hard. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like I would buy the first half of All Stars 3. Like, for me, like, it just was so good. But basically, the whole time Ben Lucrem was there. And the, I guess that's it. Oh, actually, yeah. there's one more thing I wanted to add. Colin, I did not prep <gasps> you for this. But I gave you a cheat sheet, so I'm hoping that you yes. use it. So I want to try a quick game. Mm-hmm. I don't want to try kind of repeating what Raven and Raja do. I want to try to do the top boot and top two of the week. Okay. Are you guys familiar with that? Do you want mm-hmm. to explain that? Yep. Okay. We got it. But Colin, I'll tell you. Um, so essentially, I wanted to see what your best outfit was for the episode and the worst outfit for the episode. Oh, okay. So two is the best, boot is the worst. What? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, two best and and two worst or number one best and number one worst? Yes. Yes? I gave you two options and you said yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't listen to you, Colin. 
one best, okay. one worst. Okay. Do you follow, I follow. Colin? I follow. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with the worst being, for me, Vanessa, the flower thing. Special mention to Monet's sponges. But I thought that was pretty much the worst. And then the best. Uh, a bit harder because I don't think there was anything that was super outstanding. But I'm actually going to go with Yuhua's entrance look. Oh, so you okay. can include yeah. both challenges here. Just because I, yeah, anything that you saw them in, if you really loved Aquarius red turtleneck, uh, you can put that up there, but that wasn't that mm. impressive. So. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Blair St. Clair buys a trash bag too, the best. Um, and Vixen's water pool noodle thing, <laughs> boot, the worst. Yeah, good picks. <laughs> yeah, I'm also going to boot that pool noodle thing. I hated it. I hated it. And like second to that would be Vixen's entrance look with the Chicago sides. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just not for me. Sorry, Vixen. Um, and I like I really liked Mayhem's leather look with the gloves. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really creative and it looked stylish and it looked expensive for something that was cheap. So I'm going to give that a two. Uh, for best, I'm going to go with the since we can include the first challenge, I'm going to go with Monet's first challenge look, or not first challenge, the entrance look, because it was just this, like, 1940s, um, uh, I don't know, like, factory girl thing. It, it was just kind of this period thing that I thought was uh, kind of fun. For the worst, uh, this is obviously disagreeing with some of the judges, but Yuhua, um, police tape, Onk, the onk, which, let's be honest, it looked like a dong erected on her forehead. Uh, I didn't get it. I mean, my brother and his friend's garbage bag suit was more impressive than this. I, I don't get it at all. Mm. Yeah. If the if the onk was, like, maybe something cautionary, you know, like a symbol that was, you know, blended in with the caution tape she's mm-hmm. wearing or something. But, yeah, it just kind of seemed like she just decided to create the shape and, and ran with it. Why did you have to bring back the dongs? We can't get away. It from needs them. to work its way into every episode on the Oz Network. Now that Thorgy's gone, we have to try yeah. extra hard. All right, I think that is it for this episode. We spent a lot of time talking about it, but it's a action-packed it's a preview episode. slash probably ten first episode recap. Yeah, yes. preview slash yep. predictions slash ranking slash updates slash everything. And there were 14 people, so it's a lot to get through. That's uh, it, and four judges as well. Yeah. Um, which I guess, like, Rossi, like, you're the RuPaul of the show, and Colin, you're yeah. the Michelle. <laughs> and I guess me and Brian, me and Brian are the interchangeable Ross Matthews and, and Carson. You never know which one you're going to get. I'm the Christina. I'm just going to rock up last minute and tell you what I think. <laughs> yeah. I didn't watch nothing, but I have opinions. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's it for us to, uh Thank you, you two, for being here. It was such a oh, pleasure. That's fine. Do you guys hashtag? Do you guys do a hashtag at the end of it? Because I feel like Colin with a K is yeah. by asking yeah. for the hashtag we can. for the podcast. <laughs> that hashtag Colin with a K. Yeah. Um, and obviously, go and listen to Two Boys Talk Survivor. If you're not already. Yep. I don't know why it wouldn't yeah. be. but Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can find us um, on Facebook, uh, iTunes, Twitter, 
Um, and we also have Backyard Survivor, which you can find on YouTube. Yeah, we, host, we hosted our own version of Survivor in our backyard uh, this summer, and we're really proud of it. So go check it out. And Colin, as always, thank you for being here. Thank you. And if you want to hear more talk about dongs um, within 24 hours of this episode going up, uh, or by the time this episode is up, you should already hear Jamie and I finally doing a review of Red Sparrow, where we talk about uh, male dongs and awkward Jennifer Lawrence nude scenes. Uh, so Jamie had one topic on her mind during the episode, and it really had nothing to do with spies or the movie. And that's it for us. Stay tuned to the Oz Network for all the great stuff we have going on, movies, dongs, <laughs> and Red Sparrow updates. <laughs> and Perfect. as always, I'm your host, Rossi, and I didn't mind getting slapped in the face. I just wanted the airtime. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.